Hi, and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team's success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all-in-one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. My name is Craig Stoss, and we are here today with Scott Lawrence, who is the Director of Customer Success and Brand at Rochio. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Yeah, happy to be here. Scott, I'd like to start off with talking about your unique title. What does what does that title mean for you? Yeah, um, you know, my my background, um, I, I grew out of other industries, uh, not directly uh, customer success. And I, I kind of had wandered into the support world uh, about midway into my career. And um, when I joined uh, Ratio, they were looking for somebody to, to fill a bunch of different shoes. It's startup land, that's kind of what they do. Um, but really what they wanted was rather than just running a support team, they wanted somebody to understand the customers, um, understand that, uh, that journey as it relates to marketing, as it relates to support, um, and, and drive that through a data-driven approach. So um, I'm a marketer by trade uh, originally. That's where I cut my teeth. I, I uh, have migrated into the world of data science, and I applied those skills in the realm of customer success. And that's kind of where the weird title comes from. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm understanding the customer from all those different angles. I mean, that just sounds like a great way of applying, you know, a, a role to a person as opposed to fitting a person into a shoehorned role. Uh, how, do, yeah. how, how do you use that data to, to make a, a better customer experience? Well, you know, the, the thing you have to remember is customers don't, don't care what department they've called. They don't care what team they're talking to. They don't care if you report to this org or that org. Um, you are effectively one unified um, front to them. And so what we, what we try to do is we try to actually map the customer journey. We try to understand when people have made contacts with us before uh, they've made a purchase, they have some questions. Uh, when people activate their controllers, we, we ask them, hey, was that a good experience? We, we try to get um, CSATs after every contact and, and NPS scores after every contact. And what we really try to do is look for what are the common things that are driving pain points for customers across this customer journey? Um, because, you know, the, the old adage goes, uh, if you have one customer that complains, you have 20 more that didn't feel like complaining. Um, and so we, we really try to look at the different steps of the journey, look at the different pain points for folks and see what we can't do to resolve that for other folks that are um, maybe in that same stage of their, their uh, relationship with our company. And, and how do you apply that to making decisions? So, you, you know, you've, you've obviously talked a lot about uh, the customer journey and how you take that data in. What's the, what changes, how does that drive change within your organization? Yeah, what, what, we, what we like to do is uh, make sure that we take that data and we map it in, and look at it constantly about how the customers are actually experiencing uh, the brand as a whole because we have decided intentionally to be a high satisfaction organization opposed to maybe being a um, low cost or, or discount type support organization. That was a strategic choice that the organization made. Funny, a lot of companies love to say, uh, we're a data-driven company. We want to be driven by data. Um, and that's, that's good. That's true when you have data that helps you or helps your case. Um, but really, signing up to be a data-driven organization means embracing that sometimes data says things that are uncomfortable and being mature enough to, to see that and understand that and understand how you need to react to those things. So we, we try to 
approach data in a blameless way, um, when we see numbers going down, when we see CSATs start to drop, the question isn't whose fault is this, who's, who's going to be in trouble, it's um, what's driving it, what can we do to fix that? And so what we do is we try to present data agnostic. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the old Star Treks, um, and so I always try to remember, like, be Kirk or be Spock, right? Spock is logical and he's unemotional, and that's how you want your data to present. Um, and then sometimes you want to, you know, turn into Kirk and go punch aliens and get stuff done. But um, that's that's how we try to present that data in a way that helps us inform decisions, so that we can all react and make the best decision for our customers. Great. So, so on that spectrum of low cost to high experience, you know, how do you how do you find that optimal spot? Is the optimal spot always on the customer experience side, or is it somewhere in the middle? to be able to, to balance the business needs? Yeah, you know, this is, this is something that I think comes up a lot for CS managers is you have executives that are, are looking at P&Ls. In a vacuum, it just seems like a, a cost driver. And so they say, well, I want, I want those costs as, as low as they can be, but they also want their customers to have this great experience and love the brand. And, and the reality is there's just some trade-offs there. And if you go too far in one spectrum, uh, where you just say, hey, we're going to do everything we can for our customers all the time. The, the pragmatic reality is that you're a business and you, you, there's a diminishing returns point where you just, to get that last customer happy, sometimes people are just not going to be happy with your product and you can chase an impossible target. And you go on the other side where you just keep cutting and keep cutting and keep cutting. And the reality is either you're stretching your agents thin, uh, you're cutting tools that help them provide a better experience, um, but at some point you, you hit the cost lever so hard that it breaks and you start having a really bad experience. And so what you need to do is you need to understand that's the spectrum. And on either side, you have to strategically choose which, which position you're going to put, uh, your, your, uh, contact center, your call center in, um, as you, as you move up the spectrum, you know, we like to, uh, measure our, our CSAT scores and, um, you know, we, we compare those against a bunch of other metrics in, in the marketplace, in our business and other departments. And we say, okay, what is the actual throughput we're getting from our agents? Um, and, and where, how much can we push them so we're being cost effective before we start seeing dips in, in customer experience? And then we try to march it back a little bit. So we're, we're trying to be a master to both. Um, but but the leadership team really understands that you, you don't get to have both. You do your best to strike the balance and you have to pick where that balance should be. I mean, this is a really great way of phrasing it, a really good good analogy on the, to have this as a spectrum and, and, and just recognition that customer experience has a, has a cost and a poor customer experience probably costs less. And that's, that's an interesting way to look at it. I, your business is is very seasonal. Um, you have, you have demands, you know, especially in the, in the summer and spring times. Um, how do you, how do you keep the staffing appropriate while also maintaining that spot on the spectrum you've chosen to sit? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we do, uh, ramp up quite a bit. Um, a, a big portion of our business happens during the, the spring and summer months. And, um, you know, we still are active off season, but that's really when we're getting a lot of our support tickets. People are, turning on their systems for the first time, they're, um, you know, starting to get their yard into gear for the year. And so we have to watch this stuff really carefully. And uh, like I said, we do keep an eye on our controller activations, how many new customers are coming online. Um, and we compare that to our, our CSAT scores in aggregate. 
Um, and when we start to see those things dip at a certain point, uh, we've actually, uh, as I mentioned, I have a bit of a data science background and we've created models where we can actually predict what goes into a customer satisfaction score. Um, and if you push your agents too far, if the wait um, consists for too, too many weeks in a row, you can have a busy week as long as they catch their breath. If it's busy and busy and busy, that consecutive stuff starts to erode CSAT. And so what we do is, is one of the key variables there with all these other pieces is how many agents do you have on the floor? How many agent hours are you applying? And at a certain point, you can just kind of create an equation that says, hey, with all this other activity in the business, we've seen when that gets to this level, our CSAT drops, don't let it get to that level, right? Uh, when, when you start seeing your agent's um, activations, when, when activations per agent staff gets above a certain point, you need to make sure that you're getting people ready because you're going to get a flood of tickets from all these new customers that are turning our systems on. So we, we do our very best to stay ahead of that curve and see what's coming a couple weeks in advance. This is just sounds like an incredible use of data. Uh, you know, the combining all these, these different metrics and, and, and splits and uh, correlations. Uh, it's, is there tools or things that you use to, to drive these decisions? Yeah. You know, I, um, I think you can do a lot of damage with a wide spectrum of tools. Uh, there, uh, I, I am partial to SQL, uh, and so I try to get my stuff into the world of databases as much as I can. You can do a lot of impact by just looking at um, Excel spreadsheets. And guess what? If you guys don't have Excel, Google Sheets is free and is pretty decent as well. Um, so what I what I like to do is I like to just track activities. And, uh, you know, pick, pick your, your thing you're measured against your a day or an hour or a week, uh, and put some other, uh, key metrics from the business into that and just see what you start to find. Right. Um, a scatter plot is a really powerful, really fancy piece of data science. That's really accessible too. you, you make an axis of how many units are we selling going up and down and what's our CSAT going left and right. That can tell you a lot of stuff. Swap any of those up and downs out with, um, you know, how, how uh, long are our wait times? How long are our, um, you know, what is our abandon rate? And you can start to see the things that actually drive your key performance. And yeah, there's, there's Python and there's fancy tools and there's SPSS and, and there's also Google Sheets and you can get pretty far with just that. I mean, this is, this is just great. It's, it's, it's these comparisons, I think, that people are missing. I think often people collect a lot of data um, you know, the different types of metrics you spoke about, you know, caseloads, caseloads by season, ca you know, tickets per headcount, activations per headcount, things like that. But, but then using that ad to build one big solid picture up front is, is, is very interesting. Um, it sounds like Rachio was, was bought into this, you know, as part of you being brought on board. Um, sometimes getting data and analytics people and data scientists into companies is not that uh, of much of a no brainer for companies. Is there anything that you would say kind of here in closing uh, to, to our listeners on how to pitch this, how to pitch a, a role such as yours that could bring data analytics and data-driven decisions into their customer uh, experience departments? Yeah, absolutely. This is, um, this is a really common problem, especially when people are advocating, especially when there's you know, uh, some kind of budget or, or bottom line uh, that you're asking for some type of investment. You have to remember that executives are dealing with a whole lot of stuff all the time. They have lots of pressure. Uh, they're, they're thinking about a lot of things. And so they're, they're taking bits of information in little bite-sized snacks. 
And the most important thing to do is, is recognize that what you need help with um, is really solving a problem. And if you present some of these challenges of, hey, I need a different type of uh, analyst that can help us do stuff. I need um, some better tools so I can analyze these things better. Um, don't ask for what you need and what it costs. Tell them what they will get in their role by providing this for you. And that usually makes it a lot easier to sell. Hey, I have this idea that if we could see data a little bit better, we could actually drive our costs down more than the cost of these tools. I don't know for sure, but here's the things I think, here's my plan. Can I, can I go ahead and get this thing done? And I, I think that is a lot easier to digest than, hey, I need a database where I can start putting these tables and I need to get my average call time down and um, don't, don't overload folks with, with the details. Um, sell them on the vision and sell them on what they will get out of it by, by helping you get there. Uh, that, I mean, that's great. Some great insight. Um, I want to say thank you all for listening to our customer experience leaders chat by nice reply. Uh, and thank you to Scott from Rachio for joining us. Uh, make sure to check out our other support interviews and more quality content at nicereply.com.